Hi, good morning. Hello, how are you, Fed? Good morning. Nice talking to you. Nice talking to you too. Thank you for joining us on the Cyber Talk Africa podcast. You're welcome. Uh, thank you for the invitation. I'm really honored. Yes. Uh, on Cyber Talk Africa podcast, we like to uh, feature and interview cybersecurity experts like yourself and people that have very, very interesting um, cybersecurity story, so to say. But before we start, I'd like you to introduce yourself to our audience so they have an idea of who um, they are listening to. Sure, absolutely. My name is Alberto Daniel Hill, and I am from Uruguay. I was born in Uruguay. Uh, I have always been into the field of cybersecurity. I began when I was eight years old, and I had my first computer. And incredible, when I was that age, I learned assembler, and I was modifying games uh, uh, using uh, my my computer and an assembler. I was getting uh, unlimited lives in games, looking for codes such as uh, load records into into registers, and well, I, I began like that. Then I went to, to university. I got a degree in computer engineer that I got in 2003. But what I learned in university in, in, the, in when I was a student studying to become a computer engineer actually didn't uh, was was useless for for my security career. The, the topics that were covered in, in the university were not uh, related to security at all. So everything I know, everything I've learned, I've learned it myself. Uh, I have a passion for security, so I spend a lot of time researching. I have an endless curiosity, so I'm always trying to to investigate and try to to understand how things work in order to try to break them and well uh, I have worked my first work was as a uh, in a computer forensics case for a criminal case in Uruguay regarding child pornography I have worked in in, in uh, auditory I have worked as a computer, as a consultant in uh, information security uh, co- companies, and uh, I have also a PMP certification, a project manager certification, that along with uh, a certification of the ISO EC 27001 allowed me to lead many projects regarding the implementation of information security management systems based on the ISOIEC 27001. Now, well, uh, now I'm I'm focused on researching, studying, and talking to people, creating awareness. Uh, I, I am writing a book. I have already written one book last year. And 
all my life is around security and hacking and cybersecurity. And I cannot imagine a life without that because for me, as I told you, it is a passion. It is not a work. It's something that is really part of me. And I, I just love it. So uh, it's just uh, something that I, I cannot live without. I cannot imagine a life outside this world. Right. So you started from editing video games. Then after that, you had a pretty, a pretty normal childhood, went to the university, graduated. How did you um, find yourself uh, in Akin? How did you become a Aka? Well, actually, I be- the, the thing is that you, you don't become a hacker because of your studies. You don't become a hacker because of your experience. You become a hacker when the people in the field of hacking, they start calling you a hacker. They start mentioning you as a hacker. It's something that the community gives to you. It's not something that uh, you can obtain but by your, your credentials, your education. It's when people in the community recognize your your skills, and that's when you're you, you become a hacker. I became a hacker in 2017 when I was the first hacker in Uruguay who was arrested for a computer-related crime. And at that point, uh, I became a hacker because people in the community they really uh, recognized me. They really uh, knew my story, knew about me, and they show a lot of respect for me. And everybody started calling me a hacker. That for me is is something that I am proud of. I mean, uh, a hacker is not something like most of the people linked to somebody who is a criminal. A hacker is a person who has certain skills that allow allows them to uh, protect systems, uh, create uh, improvements in systems and make them more secure. So I can probably say that I am a hacker and I became a hacker as I told you when, when the community started calling me a hacker, even though all of my life I was in that field. The things that I did, the things that I could achieve as a hacker are things that I do not talk about. Uh, I do not talk about the things that I have done, that I could do, uh, because I do not want to brag and it's not something that I want to... to I, I don't want to, 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 to be famous because of bragging of having done this thing or another thing it's just something that i do for myself and a challenge for myself and trying to 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 prove to myself that i can do certain things so that's basically the story but a hacker i became when the when i appear on all the newspapers of my country in the front page right so can you give us details um as to what happened, what led to your arrest? 
Well, it's a very sad story and very hard to believe story that should never have happened. It all began in October of 2014. I was I was at my as, as my uh, at my girlfriend's apartment and I was with her laptop and she asked me if I could access to her medical provider in order to set an appointment for a doctor and she gave me the address of the of the medical provider and then she asked me okay I will give you my username and password so you can enter and when she told me that I told her I, I am already in I'm in the system and I am the administrator of the system I have all the privilege of administrator I can see everything and that was something crazy I could access to the system with the username admin and the password admin that wow. was something very very first of all uh, unexpected and, and shouldn't have has happened I mean uh, for me it was shocking so the first thing that I thought was this system has a huge security issue that needs to be solved immediately because we are talking about a system that has the information of hundreds of thousands of people all their medical records so in less than, than five minutes I sent an email to the start of my country reporting the issue and that was a Saturday and they replied to me uh, within an hour or two and the, the director of the CERT told me that he confirmed that the report was correct and well, then I forgot about it because when you report something to the CERT you just report uh, you don't you don't need and you don't have to, to be updated on, on what what are the, the next steps that, that the CERT uh, makes in order to solve the issue so that was it and then in 2015 Again, uh, my girlfriend asked, asked me again to enter into the health provider. And when you are into the hacking world and you, you have certain experience and you enter into a site, you can smell that the system might, might have a problem that might not be very secure. So my, as I told you, my curiosity is endless and I'm always looking for everything and I just try for for five minutes some things and I could find out that I could access again to all the information of the system just modifying some parameters in the URL I had to change only some sequential numbers that were part of the URL and I could navigate through all the health all the medical uh, information of all the, the, the patients of the medical provider, all the information, uh, financial information of the company, and I couldn't believe it. So again, I sent a report to the CERT and I told them about the problem and I forgot about that. That was in 2015. In 2017, right. The Interpol, in September 2017, the Interpol knocked on my door and they arrest me. 
I was completely lost. I didn't know what was going on. And they took me to the Interpol and they started interrogating me and they asked me, did I access to to certain uh, site of, of the medical provider? And I thought, and I answered, yeah, probably. I, I cannot remember. It, it, it has happened many years ago and it was impossible for me to, to remember if I access to certain URL or certain part of the system. Uh, probably I did. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. But I didn't understand because uh, I, I was taking from, for granted that they were aware of my reports. But later I, I found out that they didn't know anything about that. At, at the end of the interrogation, they showed me a piece of paper, printed paper, with a, a mail that was asking for certain amount of bitcoins in order not to release the information of the of, of the patients of, of the users of the of the system, and they asked me, "Did, I, did you send that?" And I said, "No, I didn't say that." And one of the guys of the Interpol grabbed a piece of paper and he told me, here I have a, repo a report, a record from your ISP saying that the mail was sent from your IP address. At that, that point, I was very afraid, scared. Uh, I, didn't, I, I felt very uncomfortable in the interrogation. But when he told me that, it was like, I couldn't help but, but smiling because I was I knew I knew that he was lying to me that that was not possible. So I told <laughs> him, yeah, I, I told him with a smile, okay, if you have that paper saying that the email was sent from my IP, then I cannot deny that. I mean, I didn't send the email, but it was sent from my IP. So uh, I, if you say that, that's that's it, and then. He turned, uh, he turned around the page and he never mentioned that fact again. But then I was taken to court and uh, before that, uh, they came to my house to execute the search warrant. They spent like eight hours collecting all my equipment. Uh, it was a really disorganized and very unprofessional work in, uh, during that procedure. And at one point, one of the agents approached me and told me, it is better for you to, to admit that you sent that email. Otherwise, we will go to your mother's house. We will arrest her. We will make a mess in her house. We will say all her things. We will do the same with your girlfriend. We will go to her apartment. We will destroy it. We will arrest her. So for you, it's better to confess having sent in the email. And for me, it was like, what do I do? I mean, I wanted to protect the people that I loved. And I, 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 I hadn't uh, committed the crime they accused me uh, of. So I thought for a second, okay, if I admit that I did that, then I would be able to prove that I didn't because there is no evidence about that because I just simply didn't do it. So uh, I, I can basically 
look at what they have in terms of evidence and I can uh, surely prove that I didn't do anything that I'm not linked to what they were accusing me so I decide to to uh, accept that I did send the, the email and well that was the beginning of the end because they took they took me to court the prosecutor the prosecutor interrogated me with stupid questions because he knew nothing about the case nothing about the technology he was just asking me silly questions and in uh, in just a few hours my lawyer came to me and he told me that unfortunately the judge decided that I should go to prison because I was she considered me that I was very dangerous because of my high knowledge of computers and that I could alter the rest of the process if I was not sent to prison and that for me was the end of the world just telling me that I was going to prison for me was something I couldn't uh, imagine it was something it was probably the, the worst thing that I heard in my life that I was going to be sent to prison and I was I went blank, I couldn't think of anything. I wanted to cry, but I held back the tears and I had to assume it. I was sent to prison. My lawyer told me that initially it would be two months, but uh, the judge denied the, the, the being uh, released in that period. They denied many requests for for being released and I spent eight months in prison and wow. I, I was released and the process is still going on it, it, there is no sentence I am out actually because I could pay a bail of $10,000 otherwise I would still be in prison and that is very sad for me because at that point I I learned so many things during this experience that opened my mind and made, made me understand and see the world through a di to, through different eyes and I could understand that at that point that justice is just a beautiful word a beautiful concept but in real world there is no justice because somebody who can pay a bail of $10,000 and be released uh, it's not that is not fair because if you don't have the money you have to stay in prison and that is something that is not justice for me so right. I was released and I came to my house I found in my house uh, about 30 hard disk drives that were on the floor that they didn't say uh, I it was a disaster the procedure that they that they took uh, during the war in my house and well the process is going on I recover almost all of the things that they say and basically they, they, they investigated but they couldn't find anything more than than my false confession of being guilty because there is nothing that uh, links me to any crime and while there were 
uh, investigating the computers and hard disk and all the media that was saved, I was very desperate in order to do that quickly. So I offer the police, I offer the, the prosecutor the possibility that I was be I, I was willing to provide them all the credentials to access to all my computers, devices, hardware encoded uh, pen drives, uh, all the pins to access to my cryptocurrency wallets, all the credentials to access to my services on the cloud uh, with my permission so they could review all the all the things that I have, all the information that is stored on my equipment, because I have nothing that the, they could eventually find that is uh, related to any criminal act or any kind of uh, illegal activity. So I offer that, and the prosecutor denied that. They didn't accept that I provide that information to them in order to quickly verify the contents uh, of my my media which was crazy and it was a very frustrating process that is still going on and I am fighting against a very powerful uh, system that uh, is it's very is evil and one of the things that really destroyed me and made me realize that I was surrounded by a lot of corruption was that during the, the when, when I was arrested and sent to CART at the same time the director of the CERT was uh, was interviewed by the judge and the judge asked the person the director of the CERT if I had reported anything about the medical provider and the director of the search said that he didn't recall that I had reported anything. That wow. was something that for me was like being stabbed from behind. I mean, first of all, when you are in this field, you can forget about minor incidents. I don't know, a computer infected with a virus or something stupid, but you don't forget if somebody reports you that they can access to a medical provider with the password, with the username admin and the password admin. That's something you don't forget. And second, I have the emails with the report that have a ticket number because uh, you you send the report and you it, it, it enters into a, a system of the search and generates a report number. And all he had to do was to check in the in the system to answer that question and if he answers he doesn't remember he doesn't recall that for the judge it means that I was lying because if he doesn't re if the, the director said he, he didn't remember for the judge it means that I was lying because she would believe the director of the cert and not me so that hurt my credibility and everything I said they're probably allied by the judge so that's probably one of the reasons she took so extreme measures such as sending a person who is not violent who is has no records of any criminal activity to prison because sending somebody to prison is basically uh, 
destroying the life of a person. Anyone who is person is basically somebody whose life is going to change forever and it's going to to basically can destroy a person, a family. Uh, it, it can cause uh, a very uh, so so much damage to a person. So those things cannot be taken so lightly. They should be done in a very responsible way, with competence, with clear evidence, with uh, facts that support uh, and 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 make a conclusion without any doubt that uh, there is a, a crime committed by the person and that didn't happen in my case uh, so the frustration for me was enormous was huge right so at any point after you got released did you feel that maybe this was a setup and did you try to investigate who sent the original email demanding for payments uh, through Bitcoin? Yeah, well, I one thing is that I didn't have the information in order to do that because uh, in the press release of the of the police, in uh, the, the everywhere they said that they could trace me because the the IP address where the email was sent was linked to me, which is a lie. There is no single page in the file of the case linking any IP address to, 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 to me or to anybody. They didn't gather any IP address from the email that was sent and uh, they just uh, came to me because on January of that year, I entered into the medical provider and uh, I do it. Um, I used to do it on all the systems that I enter. I mean, the curiosity again uh, killed the cat and it killed me. I just execute a port scan on the system, and that was uh, logged by the medical provider. And that's the only thing why they they came to me because there were some records that uh, there was a port scanning on on that uh, system, which is something that is not a crime. That is something that is, I mean, in this field, most of people do that uh, just for curiosity. And that was the reason. The, the email was not linked to NAP, and I have no elements in order to, to try to, uh, to, to know where that email was sent from. But there are some things that are curious. In the email, they say, that they should send certain amount of bitcoins to a, an address and then there is no address in the in the email so even if the company wanted to pay for the ransom it would it wouldn't be possible because there was no bitcoin wallet address to deposit the bitcoins in so that was so so ridiculous i mean i, I didn't understand how that was considered a ransom, that was something very amateur, something very naive. Uh, I don't know, I don't have the answer to, to many questions, but I do know for sure that all this is something that uh, is not serious. There's something behind all this that is something I don't know, 
but uh, the things that they, they have done to the to to the media, the things that I have read on the file, they don't make any sense. There are many things ridiculous. Uh, so that also adds more frustration to me because I want to know. I want to 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 be able to know the truth behind all this, and I don't have the elements in order to do this. All I know is that the health the health provider a month after this supposed attack uh, had 10 people that were arrested and sent to prison for fraud because this company was involved in a fraud uh, regarding uh, acquiring uh, people uh, in, in their in their company I mean there, it was a fraud behind that was running in that uh, medical provider. So I don't know. They wanted to distract the, the attention of, of, of somehow, and they created this in order to, to distract the attention, the eyes of the people. Uh, I don't know. That's the only theory that I have. But the, the thing that I don't understand uh, is a key element is the declaration of the director of the third that he said that he didn't remember that I report that for me it's something that I don't understand and it it is really something extremely important in in this case right so now do you have anything against um, the healthcare service provider the um, your government or do you just feel okay this also shall pass Uh, it's also just passed I mean uh, what happened happened uh, and uh, I I just never never uh, commit a crime I, ne I never uh, in, in, in all my in my whole life I mean I never uh, gained any kind of compensation or gain any money or any kind of things from the hackings that I perform. Most of the times when I detected a problem in a system, I just report them in order because I, I, I above everything, when you are in this field, you have the, the ethics. Ethics are the baseline of everything. Ethics are the starting point of, of being a hacker. You have to have clear your values your ethics and then comes the technical skills and all the rest and uh, after all that happened to me uh, I just I'm the same person with the same values and uh, I just assume things are where they are no 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 I, I never thought about revenge or or trying to, to do anything that, that was not correct. I just behave uh, the way I think I should behave as, as, a, as a person that only wants to, to do the good things and, and, and help others and act in a, in a responsible way because in this society, we need to be all responsible. We all need to, to, to be aware that uh, there's no 
it's it's stupid and silly to 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 behave in, in a in, not in a proper way, and I have I I am proud that my reputation, the, the despite this incident, has really been increased a lot. I mean, people that really show me a lot of respect, of admiration. They told me that I'm an, an inspiration, and that's really gratifying. Now I'm wanting to, I, I'm helping people in, in cybersecurity in order to give them advices, tell them, uh, answering questions about certain topics that they would like to know, guide them into things that they want to to explore. So I am here to help, not to to create damage or or to cause trouble. I, I just want to help. Right. So speaking of um, hacking and um, cyber attacks, this year alone we've had some monumental uh, news around um, cyber attacks from the solar wind to from solar wind to the pipeline um, colonial pipeline attack and then uh, the healthcare systems in Ireland I would like you to just quickly mention five hacker groups you know how dangerous you feel they are and maybe also their popular exploits yeah well actually I would I would like first to to mention for me uh, three three attacks that I I consider are probably the most the most important that have happened for me something that is I I, I admire I mean I do not uh, endorse or or justify or support but the Bangladesh uh, bank bank account bank uh, system uh, hack for me was something that was really interesting and very sophisticated. The way they could move uh, eight, I think it was eighty million dollars uh, from a bank account in Bangladesh to the Federal Reserve in the USA. And they they moved that to I think to Thailand or a place like that, and they they cash the money into into casinos. Yes, in Hong Kong. In Hong Kong, yeah, that's right. And that was something really really interesting. The way they hacked the uh, Swift system and the way they did it in certain date that they were unable to verify the transactions and because actually the criminals committed a crime, uh, sorry, committed a mistake, they weren't able to move a billion dollars. That was the the, the amount of money that they, they, they were trying to, to move. So that was one of the most interesting attacks that I, I, I know of. Then the second one, uh, is the solar winds attack that happened last year, which was really huge. Uh, and then the attack of Stuknet, 
for me was also something very uh, interesting in terms that they could attack a, a nuclear uh, facility with that was uh, not connected to the internet uh, using a very sophisticated software in order to infect the computers and manipulate a nuclear a nuclear a nuclear system so those for me are, are the attacks that are the most interesting then for me the groups uh, I can tell you that the, I don't know if you know that the question group uh, is, is uh, a group that was founded in 2001 and uh, they they created many many kinds of uh, sophisticated uh, software and this equation group uh, is uh, theorized that they were the creators of the worm that took down the the Iran nuclear pro, uh, program uh, yeah. so I think those are very interesting uh, people then uh, the the shadow brokers uh, that were discovered in 2016 uh, yeah, are another group that uh, everything from the NSA is to foreign spies uh, they are they are they are they are the activities uh, the the action is 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 something that is theorized that they they were behind the creation of the wanna cry and not fatal ransomware that is something that uh, it's milestone in, in the world today because uh, the, the ransomware uh, problem that we have is something that is out of control right now and I don't think that it's going to be solved soon and I think that the shadow brokers were uh, a group that uh, cre- triggered all these, these uh, problems with the ransomware uh, then we have Budo 121 that is uh, from North Korea and uh, they they had to, to to try to raise money for for the regime and the, they are responsible for many cyber attacks and crime uh, high profile attacks uh, and well, they they infected hundreds of thousands of devices and billions of dollars of hackers. And this group, the uh, Bureau One to One, is supposed to be the one that uh, committed the the massive leak in Sony Pictures in 2014. Uh, and well, 
that that was uh, and the other group that I think it was very notorious. Uh, but what I want to say is that the most uh, dangerous groups of criminals, of cyber criminals that are out there, without any doubt, are those that we do not know, that we do, we have never heard about, are those that have probably committed a lot of crimes, commit, made a lot of damage, and nobody is aware of. They are so good that nobody knows about them, and I am completely sure that there are many groups out there that are so, so good, so skilled, with so much uh, resources and uh, everything that uh, they have not been detected and nobody knows about them, but they are operating in the dark. So those groups are for me the most dangerous ones, those that we do not know. Right. So you've not mentioned um, Dark Side or Anonymous, which are two popular hacker groups uh, the average person knows about. What is yeah. your opinion on Anonymous and Dark Side? Well, uh, on Anonymous, my opinion, I didn't mention them because. Uh, uh, I I do not consider uh, them as being a group of hackers. Uh, of I mean, not a group of hackers that develop uh, very uh, very uh, complicated uh, hacks or anything, but. They are an organized group of, of people that work together and they just uh, like to, to make changes in, in, in the world. But what what they do is they, they have millions of people that support them and they are tools. For example, when they create attacks of the uh, distributed denial of services, they just give the people a piece of software to run from their computers and attack certain objectives in order to, to to take them down. But that's not something sophisticated. Uh, but I appreciate in anonymous actions such as going after pedophiles networks. That is something that uh, it it is questionable because those things should be in in the hands of law enforcement, not of, of, of people, but the, the philosophy of Anonymous is respectable. They try to make this a better world and they take actions when they, when they notice that things are going wrong, when they think there is corruption, when they think there are uh, organizations that are uh, doing things wrong, so we, it's respectable, anonymous. Uh, it's uh, something that uh, I really respect. I I am not associated in any way with, with any act, uh, group of activists, uh, but I respect anonymous. 
and well i think that i think that they have done things that made a change in the world and they have the power to 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 make changes and improve things but many of many of the people of anonymous have ended up in prison uh, so it is it is risky when you are trying to 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 do justice by your own hands without outside the law even though your 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 purpose is something that is good it's it's always dangerous and I think we should follow the rules of 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 society with the legal system the law enforcement even though I was a victim of incompetence of the law enforcement I have to say that uh, if the justice should be handled by the justice and, and maybe Anonymous and any other groups uh, do not believe in justice like I do. I mean, I don't believe in justice, but we live in a society where things work in a certain way that... Uh, it should be like that regarding dark side uh, they they use attacks of ransomware and extortion and they are they are very powerful and uh, they they cause many damage but I am not very into into their uh, I I don't I am not uh, very uh, inside their, their information the way they work so I cannot uh, make give an opinion uh, about the, about them but uh, any organization that uses ransomware and extortion uh, is uh, very dangerous and should be prosecuted for sure. Uh, that's my opinion. Right. So, recently we've seen a rise in state-sponsored um, um, ACA groups. North Korea, Russia, China. What does this mean for the rest of the world? And um, uh, do you think this is a good thing? No, no. Actually, I uh, well, let's talk about NSO and Pegasus. Uh, that is something that is uh, huge. Pegasus, the Israel, the developed by NSO, the company from Israel, has been selling their software to spy on people's uh, lives. People's they infect the cellulars of the people with zero-click attack, which means that the people that have the iPhones do not have to do anything. They just are target and victims of the attack. And even though they can have the cellular updated to the latest version of everything, they can uh, do not click on, on suspicious links. No, they can do everything correctly, but they still can be infected by those devices, by those, those software. And those are software that are sold to the government. The government spent millions of dollars on those uh, software. And uh, 
that is to gather in to gather intelligence in the inside countries about the politicians, journalists to know what they are investigating in Mexico. Uh, it's it's something very huge because it involves the the cartels of of the 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 drug uh, uh, the people that the cartels of drugs are being investigated with uh, the software Pegasus and the problem is that the drug cartels also have software that uh, in, intercepts the the communications of the police apart from uh, giving money to the police for revealing information and many people have died because of that information that was gathered with the, those uh, espionage uh, cellulars uh, software so that is an issue and uh, the the state's sponsor hacking it's a reality because right now there is a war that is being taking place there is a war that is cybernetic countries are attacking each others with uh, uh, with just with computers the the weapons right now are not arms uh, guns no the weapons now uh, is cybernetic uh, the 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 army the army is a, a cyber army that that the countries have the power that Israel has right now regarding uh, the skills and power and human knowledge uh, to commit to to attack, uh, to commit cyber attacks is huge. Uh, Israel has prepared a real army of people that is able to do anything in a computer world. Uh, in China, they, they, they also have a, a potential incredible, and China is constantly attacking the USA and vice versa. Russia is attacking the USA. Uh, they are all being attacked. And we don't know actually uh, what's really going on. You know, I just know that the attacks and the war is being, go- it's being uh, occurring right now, but the governments do not release the, the effects or the impacts of those attacks because they don't want to, to be exposed and to, to, to let the world know that there have been victims of certain attacks. So we, we just know that the attack, attacks are going on. We just don't know the magnitude of them. And it's something that is going to grow more and more. And well, what can I tell you? I prefer a cyber attack rather than a war with weapons where people are actually going to be killed and the the the, the price the, the the price that they have to pay is with human lives even though the potential of a cyber war is is also huge they can destroy critical uh, systems uh, in the world they can imagine they can uh, destroy the financial system of a, of a country, which means they can destroy the economy of a country, causing a lot of uh, problems such as 
uh, stopping a country without a financial system working, uh, that might that would that will damage a lot uh, the a whole population of a country. But we are not talking about people being shot and and destroyed by bombs. So it's a different, it's a new reality. The war is on its zeros and ones on, on wires. And it's something that we have to accept. And it's going to be increased more and more uh, with technology growing. And what scares the more, I told you, the hacking groups most dangerous are those that we don't know. The things, right. the, the cyber attacks that are going on right now, more most dangerous are those that we don't know. So we don't really know what serious things are happening right now. And may, I am sure that many attacks, very sophisticated, are going on and are going and are being successful, and we do not know about them. Right. Thank you so much, Alberto, for your time. It has been your work. It has been great listening to you. And um, on my notepad, here, I still have so many questions to ask you, and um, we can go on for hours. But I would like us to end this episode here, then schedule another interview for another time because I still have questions around um, colonial pipeline attack. What really happened? The um, Kaseya attacks and all the other female cyber attacks um, the world is currently facing. But I don't want to hold you too much and um, I would also like to bring you back when we start the video edition of the podcast, which I think a lot of people are looking forward to. So, um, once again, thank you so much for your time, Alberto. Thank you for sharing your story with us, your background, how you were wrongfully... Um, incarcerated by the government uh, mainly because they don't understand what um, hacking is and what cyber security is and what is going on and also I believe maybe because this is just a setup to cover up a more um, um, a bigger plot by some people to actually defraud the company or the country as a whole this episode is going to be edited and um, shared with you later in the week and um, we then post it on our social media handles. But before then, uh, I would, I'm going to keep in touch and I'm also going to maybe ask you a couple of questions to add to the episode later on. Perfect. Before I have no problems. That's wonderful. I really would like to keep talking about these topics. I really enjoy talking about these topics. And uh, you can count on, on me for whatever you want. Right. So, any forwards before we round up? Well, uh, I would like to say that uh, for me, hacking is my life. And those who want to enter into the cybersecurity career, uh, I always tell them that they need to feel the passion to do it because it's a field that affects your life, affects your context, affects your, your relationship, your life, your family. Uh, and it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody because 
we are uh, sometimes under a lot of pressure and things like what happened to me can happen to uh, other people and you have to feel passion for this. If somebody wants to enter into cybersecurity only because of the lackage of, of people in this field and, and the high uh, salaries that are being paid, if you are here for the money, then don't it, don't don't enter into the cybersecurity field because you will. 